This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Glenda Geek, and welcome to Horses in the Morning for June the 24th, episode 2463, brought to you by Stateline Tech. Well, Jamie is traveling back from California today in the movement, which he had a terrific time at, and I hope some of you got to watch some of the video from it. And I have an appointment later this morning that I have to get to, so today I have for you a best of episode where we go back to August of 2016. We learn about the drum horse. We catch up with Lauren uh, Locklear, who was at the Olympics in 2016 and caught a loose horse. You might remember that. It was a fun interview. Uh, Horse and Country TV joined us, Victoria, and to give us the Brits' view of the Rio Olympics. Remember Olympics? We were supposed to be doing Olympics right now, which is kind of why I picked this episode, because we're supposed to be talking about Olympics and what's coming up and everything, and I just thought, well, you know, the closest one was 2016. We can at least uh, remember some of the fun that was had back then. We also had Shannon Peters on to talk about staying back in the U.S. as her husband, Stefan Peters, competed at Rio. So we had a lot of terrific guests. It was a lot of fun. Jamie also talked about training at Monty Roberts, ironically. So it was a good episode, and I think you'll enjoy it. I know a lot of you are new listeners and haven't heard these older ones anyway. But first, before we go on, I have to give a very special Daily Winnie to a very, very special four-legged critter. And uh, here we go. Let me let me bring this up. There we are. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> and that's a happy birthday to my pony, Scooter. That's right. Scooter is 13 years old today. He was a rescue pony that was starving to death and, and, and at the verge of death, but for some reason, they had his papers, so we knew exactly when he was born, and he was born here in Ocala, not too far from where we live, actually, so happy birthday to Scooter. He's out there now eating his breakfast. He's fat. He's happy. He's a little hot. It's a little hot here in Florida, but uh, he gets a little break in the summertime, doesn't have to pull the carriage as much because it's like a 1,000 degrees by 9 o'clock, so uh, he's enjoying himself and having a great time, and he looks terrific, and he's ornery as ever, so happy birthday to Scooter. Uh, so today's episode is brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast and the Horse Radio Network. The Horse Nutrition Podcast covers topics that you will love. It highlights the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given, a part of Purina's Full Rain Documentary series. Go to PurinaMills.com slash full rain to see them all. A new episode just hit today and it's about the it's about some amazing horses that do some amazing work at the movies. I gotta tell you, this had to be one of my favorite interviews yet. His name is Clay and his family provides the animals and horses for some of the most recognizable movies out there and has for many, many years. His stories are terrific. His stories about he Name drops a lot because he knows a lot of these very important pe- actors uh, and taught some of them to ride. So you're going to definitely want to take a listen to the Horse Nutrition Podcast and listen to Clay's story about providing animals for the movies. But now let's head back to 2016 and talk a little bit. 
Let's listen to a little bit of the German national anthem in honor of the god of eventing. We've already heard this anthem like a million times because he wins everything. <laughs> Jeez. That boy, I, he's not human. I, I don't think he's human. The Iceman. I don't think he's human. And, uh, uh, M- Michael Young just... <laughs> Michael Young. He can retire now because... He's just going to continue winning everything. He might as well not even put in the effort. I would like to restrict his passport <laughs> and not allow him to go next. The man is amazing. I got to tell you, his riding, he's so quiet. It was just, he just is fly. And his horse, I mean, this is this is the first eventer or first actually equestrian in the history of the Olympics to win two times in a row on the same horse. So... Just, That's insanity. I That's know. insanity. It's not possible. <laughs> what I mean, a... even the best people on the planet make mistakes, no. and he does not make mistakes, no. so he clearly is not the best person on you the planet. You know what I saw it's yesterday is Marvel Comics now is doing a comic about him, because now he's a superhero. Because <laughs> <laughs> The next the Marvel movie. Aventor. Aventor. <laughs> I like To it. jump across anything. Oh, yep. So good. it was Gosh. so breath. It was so heartbreaking yesterday for the Australians and, and the New Zealanders. Oh, and the Kiwis. It was just heartbreaking. Mark Todd, I just <laughs> felt so bad for him. He's been like doing Olympics for a thousand years. And, you know, I just felt the, so bad for him. Even the best riders on the planet make mistakes. And he's, uh, one of, I mean, I don't know if it was his mistake or I don't know what was going on. Well, but he, I, I don't know either. I have, a, I have a little bit of an interview with him. Do you want to hear it? Now, yeah. let's just, for those that didn't watch it, Mark Todd, really, his, there were two show jumping rounds yesterday, one for team medals and one for individual. For the team medals, if he had went clear, then New Zealand would have won its first gold medal ever. Um, in in equestrian, and then in individual, he would have been what? Uh, was it gold, Jennifer, or silver? One of those. He would have been, he would have been uh, gold or silver on, on in the medals, and he just took rails in in both tests. So this is what he had to say, and this uh, this he said to TV New Zealand. <laughs> you got to listen to the reporter's last line. You just have to take it. If you can't take it, you wouldn't be doing it. So, um, you know, we've all chatted about it. We're going to go out uh, tonight and have a few drinks and sulk and uh, think about what if, um, and then we'll get over it. Quickly, what did you say to the teammates when you when you when you came back? Well, you know, there's not a lot you can say. I was just like, you know, sorry, mates. It was uh, it didn't work today. And I guess I'm sorry to ask this one, but, you know, 60 years old, we've been reminded of that no end. Is this a time to retire or is it just a time to be more resolute in the future? Uh, well, I don't think this is a time to make any life, uh, life decisions. So uh, we'll get home and let the dust settle and then see what we want to do after that. All right. So, Mark Todd, thank you very much indeed. Maybe we'll see you in Tokyo in four years. We certainly hope so. Thank you very much. That's to Mark Todd, who's had what he called, can we say this on TV, a shit of a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you just did. That's awesome. I can hear Mark Todd saying that too. What a shit of a day. That guy is amazing. And you know, I mean, it's not like he hasn't already retired before. Right. So he's the kind of guy, he'll just keep going because he has retired and he came back because he couldn't stand it. 
So yeah, old inventors are like old boxers. You know, they can't quit. They just have to keep going. It's I've just, told you my joke, my old inventor joke. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, let's congratulate France, Germany, and Australia in that order for the team medals in eventing. Uh, France uh, took the gold. Germany, and th- thanks to a certain somebody, helped out there. And Australia was in third. And uh, and also for the individual, Michael Young, Alistair Nicholas uh, from France was second. France had a really good uh, venting. Uh, and then Philip Dutton, American, in third. So congratulations to Philip, the oldest Olympian. I think they said he's the, he's the oldest Olympian uh, to win a medal so far for the United States So in this Olympics. And then we had New Zealand and Australia in fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh place. They were right there. The highest ranking uh, Canadian was Rebecca Howard, who really had a good, really had a good Olympics on Riddlemaster. She came in tenth uh, and uh, felt pretty good about that. I saw some of her posts. William Fox Pitt, uh, because of his trouble on cross country, uh, ended up in twelfth place. Uh, I'm sure, and then Boyd Martin in sixteenth place. So that's how we kind of rounded out the uh, Americans and Canadians there. Sad for Lauren Kiefer and Veronica. I just, I thought they were going to win. Well, I, when we saw them go at Rolex, I go, watch this team because they're going to win. They're going to be in the Olympics and they're going to win. Yeah, that was a tough one. And, and she, you know, it just goes to show things can change in an instant. Yeah. Uh, they really can. How she had a fall for those who don't know. Yeah. She came off along with a few other people. <laughs> and we're going to talk about one of those other people that came off on cross country a little later, aren't we, Jennifer? <laughs> oh, yes, we are. Coming up on the We Love the Olympics Wednesday edition, Rebecca McKeever stops by and she's going to tell us about the drum horse for those of you who are sick and tired of hear about, hearing about the Olympics. And then we're going to go across the pond for the European Report featuring the Velvet Voice of Horse and Country TV. That's right, Victoria Spicer. And then next up, Lauren Locklear comes to us live from Rio to recount her amazing That Girl moment at the Olympics. And she's not a competitor. <laughs> and just before the medal ceremony, we're going to chat with USDF dressage bronze, silver, and gold medalist Shannon Peters. And some of you may know her as the wife of dressage team member Stephen Peters. So stay tuned for the party, folks. I'm excited to talk to her. She's a lot of fun. We've had her on the show before uh, years ago, and, uh, she, and and I'm just excited to get her take. She did not go to Rio, so she stayed home. They just made that decision that she was going to do that, and Stefan's there for his fourth Olympics, so we'll talk to her. We're going to be switching gears today. Uh, right now, actually, dressage has started, so it's the oh, grand. no. Yes. That means you're not going to pay attention no, to I'm, the show. No, no, you don't have a problem with that. <laughs> it's dressage. <That's> <laughs> I won't be I won't be distracted at all today actually. If you no. come in with breaking dressage news that does not include somebody getting bucked off, I, I am you're not, you're ending not, the show. You're not going to hear any breaking dressage news today, I guarantee you. I promise you there'll be no breaking dressage news. All right, here we go. Daily Winnies. My Daily Winnie, and I swear, this has to be the busiest two weeks we've had on this show in five years. <laughs> Just everything is happening at the same time here, including who gets my Daily Winnie, and that's the Riders in the Mongol Derby. And since you and I talked in, the, in our pre-show meeting, the 
the standings have changed. We are in day seven of the Mongol Derby. They're finishing up, and tomorrow will be the last day. Tomorrow will be the race to the finish. And usually there's one person that's at the end of the thousand kilometers that's way out ahead. We have three coming into the final checkpoint right now that are going to be leaving, uh, that are going to be leaving and heading out in a, in a race to the finish of a thousand kilometer race. And those three are um, we have Heidi Chase, and she is, uh, let's see here, she is from British Columbia, Canada, so we have a Canadian. We have a guy named Dingo, and he is from, yep, that's, a, that's all they have listed here is Dingo, and he is from Longreach, Australia. He grew up in Queensland, uh, where he competed in rodeo, and then we have an American right in there uh, also, and she's within... She has to be within a mile of those two, and she's from New Mexico. So we have those three that are going to be racing to the finish tomorrow in the Mongol Derby. So and USA! I know! USA. We're so close! It seems like the last couple of years, when we talked to a South African winner, and then a, we had a British winner, we just haven't had one from America for a while. You know what was really fascinating? Is they have this map where you can follow their GPS signals. It's a Google map, and there's a street view. I am not kidding you. Uh, up until this final checkpoint, there's a freaking road, and it's paved in everything, and they have a street view of this road in the middle of Mongolia, and when you look around, there's not a thing to be seen for 100 miles. Really? But this road and the street view and one tele one one uh, electric pole with an electric wire on it. And that's all. I drove on this road on the street view for probably 50 miles and didn't see a thing. So uh, I was just shocked. There was a street view in in rural Mongolia. But there you go. That's what's happening on in the Mongol Derby right now. I would like to thank the Journal of Sports Sciences and Dr. Jenny Burbage and. Lorna Cameron, because they have been really crunching some numbers, Glenn, and doing a study that I find that maybe either you will appreciate or make you uncomfortable. And that is that breast pain, bra issues, and having large breasts are important concerns for equestrians. That is right. They did a study. Oh, why, wow. why, right. why isn't that my study show? <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. Um, so apparently 21% of the participants with symptoms reported that breast pain affected their riding performance. Jennifer, for uh, hmm. all the points, can you tell me when riders experience the most breast pain? Um, um, come on. Sitting trot. You win! <laughs> Woo! What do I win? What do I win? Grand prize! You got all the points. The trot and canter may enlar involve large vertical movements of the horse's body requiring considerable effort by the rider to maintain postural stability. And this is harder. The effort is higher for women with larger breasts. Do get this. Due to the greater breast momentum created in the riding. <laughs> So when your boobies are bouncing up and down, it's called breast momentum. <laughs> wow. I never knew that had a wow. name. 
Uh, yeah. So wow. um, they do say that you must have a correctly fitting bra because 70% at least or higher of women are wearing the wrong size bra. And although sports bras were the most frequent type of bra worn for horse riding, only 14% of small breasted riders and 19% of large breasted riders opted to exclusively wear a sports bra when they rode a horse. I am in the 19%. And I don't even have big girls, okay? Uh, so I guess I would like to thank my uh, genetics for giving me uh, not <laughs> the the large-breasted breast momentum Rosie, problems. I, sorry, Rosie just sent me a message that said, Sweet Jesus. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> this is important, Glenn. A- according to... Uh, Sport England report from 2011, 90% of horse riders are female. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She just wrote, sometimes I have to remember to lower my sound at work. (laughs) You're welcome, Rosie. 90% of horse riders are women. 304,000 women in England alone take part in equestrian activities. And from what I understand, 90% of those women are wearing the wrong size bra. So girls, tape down. Tape it down. Get your breast momentum smaller okay <laughs> okay so i have a question um and I d- i'm afraid to ask this but are they wearing too small or too big i it doesn't say they're just wearing the wrong size okay. <laughs> the real study started with marathon runners because apparently the girls start to hurt in marathon well, you would think they off. would be wearing the right <laughs> thing and they were like nipple chafers so <laughs> they should be wearing the right bras and most of them i've seen don't have to wear any really the marathon runners i've seen on, on the olympics anyway they uh, do go ahead to say that resources can we change the topic now? <laughs> specifically developed to help educate female horse can we change the topic now and raise I'm getting really uncomfortable at this point of appropriate breast support <laughs> for the activity you're welcome uh, uh, you're yeah okay um <laughs> I don't often get uncomfortable, but that's uh, now we're getting there. So I thought you'd love it, or I, you'd be uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I did have a question here. Uh, the listeners are just texting me all over the place here this morning. They want to know a couple, several of them had have just uh, texted me and want to know who the woman from New Mexico who's uh, at the lead in the Mongol Derby, and it's Marsha Hef. Hefker Miles, Marsha Hefker Miles. Uh, she's a ranch hand, barrel racer, and team roper. So, go, girl. yeah, and she's a nurse practitioner, actually, also. So she was able to treat her own wounds <laughs> while on the, that crazy course. Uh, oh, and now, now Rosie said, I don't know why I just didn't let her host. She said, we need a woman's only show like the guys to speak of such sensitive topics. <laughs> well, there you go. You can co-host Listen, it, Rosie. Here's the deal. I just speak of sensitive topics and I don't care if they make Glenn uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I bring up some things that make you uncomfortable some days, too, so. It's hard to embarrass me. Yeah, it is harder, I think, than it is to embarrass me. You know, I saw that study about two weeks ago, and I ignored it. I chose not to bring it up. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Well, I just saw it this morning and yeah. chose to give it a daily win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's, uh, we are going to, Jennifer is getting our, our next guest to set up here. I did want to mention that, uh, coming up this weekend, we're going to have one of our first weekend episodes and we have switched the Australian episode to the weekends actually. And Fiona and I recorded that last night. So that is coming up. 
Uh, this weekend, the Aussies are back, and what was really cool, Jamie, is we did an we did an auditor interview. We interviewed one of our listeners because it's the year of the listener, and we did Emma from New Zealand, and she was so delightful. And I learned a lot about living in New Zealand, and and the topic of a certain movie might have come up, Lord of the Rings. So um, I was like, uh, Doug Glenn, Man from Snowy River, was filmed in <laughs> Australia. No, Lord of the Rings was filmed. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Emma drives through the set on a regular basis of where Lord of the Rings was. So she's um, she's going to be uh, coming up this Saturday. You get to hear all about that. And they have their own version of the Mustang Challenge down there, the Brumby Challenge with the Brumby horses. And we interviewed one of the girls who's training up one of the Brumbies. It's only the second, year's, second year that they're doing it. So it was very interesting to hear the correlation between the Mustangs and the Brumbies. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Brumby Challenge. Yes, the Brumby That's way Challenge. Cooler than Mustang Challenge. Yep. So, so it's going to be fun. You'll, you'll have a good time listening to that on this weekend. It won't be live. It'll be put out on the feed and you'll just get it wherever you normally listen to the show, but no live feed on the weekends. Well, a couple weeks ago, we, for some reason in the news, the drum horse came up in conversation. And we all looked at each other and said, I don't know what a drum horse is. No, the, I told what was you. It? I told you that there was a, well, as it came up somehow, and I told you that there was a drum horse that competed at the Coconino Horse Trials because oh, I was like, that's what it was. What is that horse? And she was like, it's a drum horse. And I think it's like a gypsy something else. Well, I guess we'll, well find before out. Before you embarrass here. yourself, let's get Rebecca yeah. McKeever on, who's with the International Drum Horse Association. Hey, Rebecca. Hi there. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So- so Jamie saw a drum horse at an eventing competition, and apparently it, it uh, was causing some attention. Uh, so tell us, I, when I read the history of the drum horse this morning, I, I didn't realize that's how it got its name. Tell us how the drum horse got its name. Well, the drum horse is actually a working horse. It's, a, it's, it's not quite a breed yet. We're working uh, from a type to a breed. But the drum horse got its name because it actually works in the Queen's pageants as a drum horse. It carries the kettle drums in the Queen's pageants. Uh, so they have to be big. They have to be quiet. They have to have a great temperament. Uh, so that's what a drum horse is. And then, of course, there's no actual breed. There was no breed standard for them. Um, and we brought them over to the States and have been trying to emulate that breeding for them ever since. You know, and that's how we came to be. They kind of have the look, and I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but they kind of have the look of a gypsy, of a gypsy horse. Well, you know, we, we use a little bit of the gypsy to actually breed into the drum horse. That's how we get the color. But the gypsy is not the important part of the drum horse. You know, way back a long time ago, they used to be colored shires. And it's more going back to those colored shires and making them into good riding horses. Uh, that's, that's the whole point of the drum horse is to have a big, heavy riding horse that's colorful. And they can come in all sorts of varieties of colors. So, you know, the, the, the actual goal of the drum horse is a heavy riding horse that's very colorful. It could be that pattern color, that Tobiano color, which is sort of the icing on the cake. But a lot of our drum breeders are going for different colors, buckskin, palominos. Um, they, uh, we have some that are also breeding that Appaloosa pattern into them, too. And they are they considered a draft horse? They are considered a lighter draft horse. Um, you know, right now, because we're in the beginning stages of breeding them, um, you know, the registry has only been around since 2007. Um, so since we're at the beginning stages of breeding them, 
um, when you, you cross, you get a drum horse by crossing a gypsy with a Clydesdale or a Shire. Mm. And that's what we call an F1. You know, that just has 50% gypsy in. And then we would take that offspring and cross them back to a Clydesdale or a Shire or a drum with less gypsy in, trying to breed down the gypsy and trying to breed in more of the draft. So as you breed in more of the draft, you get more of a drafty looking horse. That explains... So some of our, you know... Yes. Well, that explains the Farrah Fawcett hair that you see on a lot of the drums, then, <laughs> where that comes from. So, yes. yeah, okay. That kind right. of explains well, you, it. You actually have to use that gypsy because uh, you can only breed feather to feather to keep feather. Feather is a recessive gene. So if you bred, um, a, you know, a, a Clydesdale or a Shire to a paint horse, for example, you would not have a foal with feather. I didn't That's know that. That's why we use the gypsy. I didn't either, but... So it's feather to feather to get feathers. But if you do feather to non-feather, mm-hmm. you're not getting feathers? Absolutely. Wow. I didn't know that. I learned something today. Yep. Wow, that's really cool. Now, they are starting to be used, obviously, in various things around around the world. Uh, you know, eventing. Jamie had a, a spotting in the wild. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so what else are they being used for now? Uh, dressage. We actually have been sponsoring. Uh, we're in the USDF Breed Awards program for uh, dressage. Uh, so they were at Devon this year. Um, in England, uh, they're, they, they do breed them in England, but they haven't called them drum horses. And now it's funny. We're, we're finally getting into uh, England where they have, and Scotland, where we have quite a few breeders that are finally breeding and they, you know, calling them drum horses instead of, you know, their big colors, as they call them. Um, and so, you know, finally getting them there, but they fox hunt with them too. And these, these horses can do a lot of different things. Um, you, you know, they're not going to be upper levels. Um, they're, they're, you know, big and heavy, but they can do things like fox hunting. Um, we have people that are eventing them, um, doing a bit of combined driving with them. Um, you know, uh, we've got some that are doing runs versatility with them. <laughs> No, oh, that'd be so that'd be fun lots, to watch. Lots of different things. <laughs> so, what what is what is their height? What are we looking at size wise? Well, you know, when you start breeding off the drums, um, you know that first generation. Sometimes they're under sixteen hands. Our standard says that a drum horse is sixteen hands or above. Um, an ideal drum horse is a, is sixteen hands or above. Uh, some breeders you know, want to breed for specific. So I like breeding drum horses that are around the 17 hand mark. I most, a lot of my drum horses that are trained to ride, for example, I also train to the drum. So they carry, I can't afford kettle drums, I, you know, not deep pockets. So uh, they carry big, you know, 20 inch bass drums. <laughs> um, but so they're trained to carry drums, but you need the taller drum horses to do that. But I like a big horse. But not everybody does. And so the standard says 16 hands is a drum horse, and we call those our premium drums. But even drums that are bred true that are under 16 hands are still drum horses because we use those to breed up to the 16 hands. But that's what the standard is. But they are, you know, they range in size from 15 hands on up. But like I said, a, a premium drum horse is one that fits the standard. That's the 16 hand on up drum horse. Now, I, so they were used to actually carry the kettle drums and the rider, the, the drummer playing the mm-hmm. drums in, in the parades and stuff. Are they bred deaf? Because those drums are right be- behind <laughs> their ears. 
No, they're not deaf. They they don't fill their ears with cotton either. Um, they don't. They they don't. They're not hard of hearing or anything. They're Do they have trouble fine. sleeping? Because all I could think of is they go in their stall at night and all they're hearing is boom, 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 boom. All right, that's all I could think of. I, I don't think they have any trouble sleeping. I okay. think they do just fine. Um, right. You know, those horses are so quiet. And, uh, but, you know, but, but even them, you know, they have to be quiet. Um, they're, they are actually steered uh, with the reins attached to the stirrups. So the horses uh. wear a double bridle where the, uh, where the snaffle part of the double bridle is actually attached to their stirrups. And the curb rein um, are the emergency brakes, in quotes. Um, and that comes up to, you know, towards the rider and is held in place there. And the rider, if there was something going on, the rider could always stop what he was doing and grab those if he had to. But for the most part, the horse is totally controlled and steered uh, by their feet, uh, just the, the reins attached to their stirrups. I never so the rider is actually, it's very difficult. Having done it myself, it is very difficult to think about what you're drumming you have to stay in cadence. So think about what you're drumming and where you're going and is your horse behaving. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Jamie. That's a new, that, that, you know how you do stirrupless Novembers? You can do rainless uh, Septembers mm-hmm. and have the reins mm-hmm. attached to your stirrups. Yeah. And when I end I up in, in all right. South <laughs> Texas, then... Uh... <laughs> That's bizarre. I never heard of that before. Wow. Um, so now, how many are there officially in the registry at this point? I am just about to register my 500th drum horse. Oh, so these are really, really new. So if somebody wanted they are to, very new. If they wanted to buy a drum horse, how would they do that? Or could they? Um, there are several places online. Um, and uh, Plus, our website also has a really nice selection of drum horses for sale that are already registered. Um, you know, that are approved. And so that's the drumhorseassociation.com's website. Uh, there's also, you can find them on, uh, you know, other, other draft type websites. People sell them there. And then Facebook has really been a great um, avenue, social media um, for, you know, people finding people, especially when you have such a rare horse. I mean, it's very easy to breed something like a gypsy to even to breed nice gypsies because you can just two gypsies, two quarter horses, two somethings together. When we breed drum horses, we really have to think about what it is we're breeding because all these draft horses come different. You know, you have your hitch-type Clydesdales and then you have your old-style Clydesdales. We like the old-style Clydesdales a little bit more for riding aspect. So we have to look what we're breeding because the final product needs to be a riding horse. You know, that's what we're looking for. So we have to put a lot of thought into what we're breeding and keep an eye to the percentages of the gypsy, trying to keep that down and not, you know, breed over 50%. Because again, we're not breeding a large gypsy. Eventually, the drum horse will be a standalone breed. That's what we're looking for. Well, if you can't afford a drum horse, Briar made one. So that might be more in your, your price range. I think they made one a couple of years ago, a drum, didn't they? Yes, they did. It's Mariah's Boone. Um, owned by one of our members, and uh, he was at the Briarfest celebration that was the uh, British theme. And so uh, uh, Boone was there, and uh, all, all in his drums, he at the time was the only uh, American uh, drum horse that was actually drumming at the time. So he got to go to Briarfest, and it was wonderful to see him there, and he is such a great ambassador for the drum horse. 
You can find him at drumhorseassociation.com. Thank you for coming on and clearing that up. When we talked about every time we have a question about a breed, it's like, okay, we just have to find out about it and clear up the mystery. And we, we appreciate you doing that. If you go to drumhorseassociation.com to go to the photo gallery and you'll see him driving and doing all different kinds of things and some really cool ones. And the babies are cute as heck. So you can check that out. Yes, too. they are. They're very adorable. <laughs> Rebecca, thanks for joining us. Appreciate Thank you very much for having me. All right. Take care. They are cute, of course. I mean, they're hairy little babies that are just adorable. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the one you saw was not that big, though, right? I um, What she said was the 16 hands are over were premiums. I almost think this horse was closer to 15 hands. Might have been more um, gypsy than drum. You know, who knows? How, what she's saying is they're just starting, really, to get the breed yeah. bred to be called a drum. So that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I who knows? I was on a horse. She was on a horse. But I felt like I was like, it's like a tiny little draft horse. Now, wait a minute. Were you on Thor? Yes. Who were you on? <laughs> I, I think I well, was Well, that Thor could be myself. because Thor is ginormous and everybody else looks smaller. Probably. Probably. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I don't think it... It doesn't stand out to me as a big old draft horse. So, right. I mean, what she was saying is that the premium ones are 16 hands. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting with 500 that she's registered. She must know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of pictures of them doing everything. I can see why they would probably be good uh, dressage horses at lower levels, too. Yeah. Uh, If you can steer them with your feet, you can probably do anything with them. (laughs) They're pretty quiet. (laughs) She started talking about how you, you know, the recessive gene, you breed out that, um, the, the feathers. And I was like, oh, man, do that. And then I realized they want feathers. Like, I'm like, that. Feathers are just a management nightmare. Nightmare, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, just yeah. breathe that you have out to be of there. Very oh. dedicated to hair. Stop by State Line Tack today and get twenty-five to thirty-five percent off your orders over one hundred twenty-nine dollars. Be sure to check out all the brand new Ariat products for the summertime, from tops to breeches to tees. Also, if you want to do that, just click on the. Ariat banner on the homepage. But there's another banner on the homepage, and that is for Charles Owens helmets. And if you're confused about which helmet to get, you know you may want a Charles Owen or not even quite sure about that, click on the Charles Owen banner on the homepage at statelinetac.com, and it takes you to a page that explains each helmet line and what disciplines they are used for. I think it'll clear up a lot of mystery because there's so many different types of helmets. This is a very good explanation. It's the best one I've seen on a website. It's a great resource on a topic that can be very confusing which helmet to get. And uh, for all of that, you can head to statelinetac.com. Hey, uh, I saw a picture on Facebook that you posted that your new Ovation helmet came in. Yes, it did. I'm so excited. So I got here and I realized just how horrible mine looked. And, you know, I mean, I did have that fall with Thor, although I didn't crack the helmet or fall really hard on my head you could still see a little abrasion on the side and uh i just needed to 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 update it was time so i used uh debbie's two-day prime account and <laughs> it shipped to the farm may, so i, may I just point out for the listeners who have not seen the picture on facebook you have a picture side by side new ovation helmet old ovation helmet your old ovation helmet was so beat up the OV logo that was on the front has been rubbed off. It has. Well, I, I used yes. it. It was well loved. Yeah, that helmet's got a lot of use. And be, when I saw the old helmet versus the new helmet, all I could think of was how bad that helmet must smell. 
Oh my God, it got out of control. And I'm having to shower in a little trailer, which is like a one by one shower. And I can't quite, you know, I'm trying to wash my hair, but I wear the helmet. When you work horses here in the round pin or lead horses, you have to have your helmet on. I flag is up farm. So I'm putting this thing on and it is just so stinky. And I know there's some sort of spray you can get and maybe I'll Yeah, ingest. that doesn't help at that point. <laughs> it's ingrained oh. in the plastic. And then you take your, your helmet off and then you just smell like that because it's on your head. Yeah. So it was really bad. Yeah, so I agree. Yes, I got a new one. And those are actually the same color helmets. They are? Yes. <laughs> the one faded Same in the color. Arizona sun quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> wow. Hey, they have okay. something else going on at Ovation, too. Not just great helmets, but they have a sweepstakes going on. You know, it's been raining solid here for about four days. We've had probably 10, 12 inches of rain. And that means I've been wearing my Rona Country boots from Ovation every day out in the rain. My feet are nice and dry. Don't get wet at all. And they're giving away a pair of Ovation riding Rona Country boots right now. Uh, they're Perfect for walking cross-country or just wearing in the barn like I do. This is open to U.S. residents only. It closes on September 16th. Head over to our Facebook page. We'll put a link there for the Ovation. We have a link there, actually. I put it up last night. So just scroll down, and you'll see the link to the Ovation Rona Country Boots. It's free. You just go over, enter your email address, and you're in the running to wear one of the Ovation Riding Rona Country Boots. And we'll see all their new products this weekend at Ada. That's OvationRiding.com. Well, you know somebody that we've missed talking to, and, and I know she was watching the Olympics because we were on Facebook chatting back and forth while she was watching it yesterday. And that's Victoria from Horse and Country TV. Hi, Victoria. Hi, guys. So good to talk to you again. It's been a while. It has been a few weeks, but uh, yeah, now back back at my desk in front of the television watching the Olympics and feeling slightly relieved that I'm not in Rio. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? I've been following. Well, I think the bullet through the press office roof on day one was, was the start. And then um, I read um, my former colleague Alice's blog from Horse and Hound. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's all about how <laughs> there's no hot water for showers and uh, and the cups of coffee were tiny, which just upset me. So I'm quite, <laughs> I'm quite pleased that I'm watching from the comfort of my own sofa. Erin Gilmore took a picture. She's a regular on the show and she's a photographer also. You probably know you probably know Erin. Um, I think I've met her, yeah. Yeah, she took a picture with all the police horses in Rio and then said... They made that was a mistake because they took their camera, expensive cameras out of the bags to take the picture in, in Rio and then had to go back to their room. And she said they were followed the entire way. Oh, uh, gosh. And she said she thought for <laughs> sure they were not getting back to the room. She said at one point they just ducked out and lost them. Uh, but she was convinced they weren't getting back to the room with their cameras. So. That is quite scary. <laughs> yeah. She should have had the, the police horse. Uh, the mounted police just follow her home. Yeah, exactly. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a wild uh, eventing. If the rest of the competition is like that, it's going to be something to watch. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm hoping it's not quite as exciting as that in the dressage. But um, it was an, a, a thrilling eventing thing. And well done to you guys for your um, individual bronze. You did much better than the Brits, who completely flunked at the eventing. But um, we have to make up for it now in the dressage. You know, I think you guys are going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. I'm not saying, just saying. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I, I was um, chatting to my, my manager earlier, and he was saying, are we going to win gold? And I said, said 
you know, individual goal, the barring Vallegro blowing up, I think he's likely to he's likely to win gold. Um, I can't see anybody beating him. But a team gold, I, I, I think the Germans are going to win it. I think they're ridiculously strong. Um, but I said that last year at the Europeans and I was proved wrong. They came third. So I guess you never know. Well, and again, it's right. You're up. It's up to the horse on that day. Now, fortunately for the team and everything, they do do a, they do a couple of rounds in dressage. So... Um, there, there is time to redeem yourself, but you know what? I think you got a good shot. Now we're talking to somebody today that we're hoping that her husband kind of uh, makes a run for it, and that's we have Shannon Peters, Stephen Peters' wife, coming on later in the show. So of course we're hoping he and Legolas can uh, can at least give her a run for her money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he'll, he'll be one of the ones that are hopefully up in the sort of high 70s. And there are a number of others. I think all the four German riders are capable of those scores. So um, I think it's just who who can... I, I still think Charlotte's going to... She's going to win. He's just... That horse is just a phenomenon. And he's so relaxed and so easygoing and, and takes everything in his stride. And if he's on his best, I think nobody will come close. If William Fox Pitt hadn't had those bobbles in cross country, he had had the gold yesterday. <laughs> he was exceptionally good in the show jumping with two clear rounds, but it just wasn't to be in the event in the cross country. And at least um, William and Chilly Morning have got four star form. They're, they're badminton winners, but our other team members maybe didn't have as much four star form as they needed with those horses. And I think they'd, they'd gone for ones that could do a good dressage and produce a good show jumping round, which they did, but they kind of forgot about the bit in the middle. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's desperately unlucky as well. And you have to remember that about eventing, that it's um, three phases and the odds of them all going perfectly are just really are quite slim. And when you think about how the Germans, they also struggled. You know, Ingrid Klimka picked up 20 penalties. One of their riders got eliminated on the cross country. You know when the Germans are struggling that it's a tough course. All except for one person, of course, who's the god of eventing. To finish on your dressage score, apparently it was the um, biggest winning margin since 1992 in Olympic Games. So, <laughs> and it was just, I, I was rooting for Christopher Burton for Australia. He's based in Britain and quite locally to me. And he, he seems a really nice guy. And uh, so I was really excited that he might pick up a gold medal and of course, he had two fancies down and Michael Young just sauntered around that course. And he just never looked in any doubt that he was going to have a pull. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, another guy I felt bad for was Clark Montgomery and his horse, Glenn. And uh, my namesake horse um, uh, just did not have a good Olympics. And it was tough. It was tough to watch. Yeah, it was. It was really quite devastating. And yeah, to get that far and then just for it all to go wrong in the final day was really tough going. I mean, that horse just kind of he even was having a tough day in cross country. Just the horse was just he just didn't look on. He looked off the whole time. Yeah. Uh, like he just was having a bad day. And that was that. <laughs> and he wasn't alone, I'm sure. No, no, there were a few others having bad day on cross country, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, definitely. I, you know, I really did feel bad. We were talking about it earlier for Australia and New Zealand, especially New Zealand, had the chance to win that first medal, and it was just heartbreaking. 
It was to go from being in the gold medal position to out of the medals completely and poor Mark Todd. And I, I don't know what you guys were watching, but we had commentary from the brilliant Ian Stark, who's my sort of long-term hero. He was a Scottish event rider, much medaled in the kind of 80s and 90s. And um, he was watching Mark Todd's round in the first round, and he just said, you know, he wasn't riding him forward, he wasn't being positive. And then he came back in the second round having dropped off the meta podium, no hope for the um, individual really and uh, and he came in and he rode the round that we expected Mark Todd to produce and obviously got a lovely clear the second round but it was too little, too late unfortunately and and uh, when even the great godlike of Mark Todd can get it wrong, um, it just shows how much pressure all these riders are under. And now we switch gears. We're in dressage, and then it, you know, and then we, we go into jumping, which uh, will be several days of that. Dressage has uh, several th- components to it. They have a team competition as well as individual competitions at uh, the Grand Prix, and then the Grand Prix Special, and then and then a certain number of them will go on to an individual test, and then a certain number of them will go on to the freestyle. And of course, that's what I think anybody. Watching dressage is tough, even at this level, if you're going to sit and do it for two days. But even I sit and watch the freestyles. <laughs> yeah, the freestyles is fun. And also they, they limit it to the top, I think, I don't know, 15 riders, 20 riders. I can't remember because they change the format every championship. Um, and so it's a bit shorter because this is the bit now when we have two days of Grand Prix tests and everybody's saying the exact same thing, that it gets a little bit repetitive. You have to be a hardcore dressage fan to get really excited for the entire 16 hours of competition. Well, uh, so what else are you guys, what kind of coverage are you doing at horseandcountry.tv? Well, as I say, monitoring from the comfort of my sofa. And obviously we've got um, the British Equestrian Federation are out there. And um, yeah, so it's a little bit tough going compared to how we'd normally do in a, a big event. And, you know, we're always there for Worlds and European Championships. So it is a little bit hard being on the sidelines and not being able to get rider reaction immediately, but we're, we're coping. And I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've changed our website over. We have a snazzy Neelick website. So, uh, it's really? Worth- I yeah, didn't look. I got to look. Um, yeah, no, the homepage has all changed, and it's a much better system. So we are putting up more stories and more content and lots of videos and stuff. Oh, very good. And and your series ended now? It has. It ended a little while ago. So um, we have a winner who's a lovely Welsh girl called Rhiannad. And uh, she, you can check her out on the All-Star section of our website. She was at Hickstead reporting and interviewing all these top riders. So she had a baptism of fire of first event and having to interview <laughs> Olympic riders. So uh, she did very well. Very cool. That's neat. Well, we uh, we appreciate you stopping by and we'll all be walk- watching the Olympics uh, Olympic coverage here over the next couple of days. And we'll talk to you next week after your girl probably takes home a gold. <laughs> we can only hope. But yes, let's, let's, <laughs> I'd like that to be happening. And uh, yeah, have a great week. En- enjoy the Olympics. And uh, I will speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, Victoria. Happy Olympic week. <laughs> and to you. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> There's one country that's going to be on pins and needles for the next couple of days. Uh, yeah. Right there. Absolutely. I mean, I mean it, we all know it's hers to lose, right? I mean, that's basically what it's coming down to. She's only like a world record holder. Yeah. Several times. Over. Several times over. <laughs> she, she, wait, wait. Her record was broken by herself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see the... Fr- I'm actually excited to see the freestyle. I got to tell you, one of my favorite memories of WAG back in 2010 was watching the freestyle in that stadium with it being packed full of people. And, uh, and, and that was another thing. You didn't get to watch much of it uh, at the Olympics. And Jennifer argues with me about this, but those stands were half empty. Even I'm for telling the, you, people well, take it, it in. It, yeah, and it's a much bigger stadium than what we're used to seeing. I thought the crowd wasn't too bad considering. It really was. But, yeah, well. If that was in Europe, that stadium, even the size it was, would have been full. Well, that's yeah. Europe. It's not Europe. It's South yeah, America. That's it's true. different. True. Well, you know, I, South I, America, I the horse that, sports aren't a big thing. Yeah. I think that <laughs> traffic and security has been keeping everybody out. I mean, that's what made me miss most of the Olympics. And, uh, and, and there yeah. I was stuck in traffic with everybody else who was trying to get in. So, it, you know, who, who knows? Maybe that's, maybe that's the case. Well, we have a guest coming and, up at 10 o'clock who fought that traffic and actually did go. So we're going to be talking to her and we'll find out a little bit more about that coming up. We also have to find out what you've been up to the last couple of days at Monty's place. Oh, not much. You know, just hanging out. <laughs> Sleeping in the camper. Yeah. Just hanging out, drinking beer. So we're, but first let's take a break. Uh, I thought that, this was perfect. Templeton Thompson came out with a new song today, and it fits Michael Young perfectly. It's called Unstoppable. So I thought we'd play that, and we'll be back right after this. I'm so happy, so lucky. Turn it up loud. Yeah, it's good to be me. It's so easy to see why everybody wants to be free. I'm better than ever. Top of my lungs I'm a fortunate one I found my place in the sun
That was Templeton Thompson with her new song, Unstoppable. You can find that on iTunes and also on Reverb Nation. And just search for Templeton Thompson Unstoppable, and you will find it. You're listening to Horses in the Morning. I'm Glenn Geek here with Jamie Jennings, who's out at Monty Roberts' place. And Coach Jen is in the producer chair. We appreciate you stopping by. We need some questions for tomorrow. It's Mary Kitzmiller Day, and Mary will be stopping by with some guests, but also to answer answer listener questions. So if you have some questions for Mary, uh, just send them to just send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com and she'll get them or you can message me with them and I'll make sure Mary gets them for tomorrow. So she'll be stopping by here tomorrow. Uh, and I'm not sure if we have Jamie here or not. Um, I guess not. <laughs> Jennifer. Uh, <laughs> Jay. She's left the room. Yeah, I, I, she said she had to go, and I think, I, I don't know why, but uh, maybe she'll be back here shortly. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's going to be interesting, too, to hear you're recording the eventing show with Joe Meyer today, and I don't know if Max is yes. going to be on and this show or not. But No, we're going to be co-hosted by Bruce Haskell. Oh, Bruce Haskell is going to be there? Well, good. And so this is going to be a really good episode for people who don't listen to the eventing radio show yet. This is one. This is a good one to start because this is going to be a very interesting point of view from riders in that upper level and upper echelon because obviously they have a different point of view than you know Joe Schmo here, who's a armchair quarterback. So I can't wait. I'm very excited. Cool, and that'll be coming out probably later today. And then also, and can I get a plug yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. Since since we have to wait till Jamie comes back anyway, uh, you were talking about the stands being sort of empty. Yes. Know? At the, at the Olympics and talking about how exciting it is to be at the World Equestrian Games and see these large events uh, in person because I really, really enjoyed watching the live stream of the Olympics so far, and I'm going to continue watching it throughout. But to go to these things live and in person, you and I were lucky enough to go to the World Equestrian Games in Lexington, Kentucky in 2010, and obviously when Tryon International Center gets the nod. And uh, uh, by the way, we have no inside knowledge. She's just being None. optimistic. <laughs> yes. We're being optimistic. Obviously, we are going to go. What a great place to have a listener meetup, by the way. If you have if you if you have even a snowball's chance of going, do it. Because to go to an equestrian event where you have tens of thousands of spectators like that who are passionate about it, completely different experience than going to any other competition. Even when, like we've been to WEF, you go down and watch the Grand Prix special or something, and you'll have maybe a thousand people in the stands. And the stands are full because that's all they hold. That's kind of cool. But when you go and there are 10,000, oh my gosh, over the moon, awesome. It is really cool. And of course, you know, the other things that went into the wagon in 2010, all the shopping, all of the stands. I mean, it would take you... it. To, literally would take you two days just to get around all of that. The ancillary stuff right. and, and all I, the demonstrations they had. I can't imagine to be any less spectacular. Yeah, and all the yeah. demonstrations they had and everything that was going on there. So yeah. uh, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Get if your it, passport now. If it ends up being in Tryon, let's, let's, let's hope. We're, we're praying. Jamie's back. Uh, so how's it going there in, in California? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, you know, I kind of miss the kid. It's weird. I thought I'd so be how okay. long? How many days did that take? By the way, uh, like seven. A full, <laughs> well, no, that's eight, a whole week. It was. It was like Sunday night. I was like, okay, I could go. Like, I forgot about him for the first five days, 
And then I started to think about him and now I miss him and the husband too, of course. But it's going really well. You know, now is the the join up phase in the clinic and just learning how to handle horses better and just what your body language means. You know, you walk up to a horse and you are looking at it and it's it's not going to I mean, they, they, that's you being aggressive towards them, just learning all these nuances of body language and how much every little thing matters and your muscle memory coming back. And it's really, really interesting. I highly recommend you guys take this clinic. And if you don't, at least get some of his books. You know, like he has a he has a textbook called From My Hands to Yours, and it's so interesting and so fascinating in university. It's just all non violent, gentle horse communication. And, you know, that's like perfect for me. So I'm in heaven and I'm riding the heck out of my horses, which is nice. Let's take, uh, let's. <laughs> How's Naughty Pony doing? How's what? How's Naughty, naughty not... Pony? How's the Halflinger? Oh my gosh. He's not so naughty anymore. It's kind really? of weird. You didn't even know who I was talking about. He's changed so much. Uh, you broke up just for a second. So that's, but I, so when you said pony, I got it because, um, yeah, he is, I went to take him out of the stall last night and I opened the door all the way and I was like, oh crap, the halter's on the floor. So I had to go get the halter. He just stood there. What? That's the horse that took me water skiing day one. So he's really coming along really well. They're working with him every day and we've been using him. Get this. We used him in a leading lesson yesterday as one of the good ones. <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't happen. They're like, he's so good. He's like trotting along nicely behind this at the other student. Gail, I'm like, who is that? But I really think that horses like him where they're pushy and they're bullies and they're this and that, you know, they have, they don't know where their boundaries are. And so they're constantly testing the boundaries. And I think that's exhausting for them. So now that he knows his boundaries, he's so much more relaxed and happy. It's weird. It's like one time in the round pin and then riding. And apparently he's been being long lined every day. And you say, whoa, and he stops. So, I mean, it's just awesome. He's just so much happier and pleasant to be around. So I'm excited for the owners to see what I have when they come back. They keep texting me. Did he do anything today? Has he been out by himself yet? I'm like, he's out by himself every day. He's turned out by himself at night and then he gets worked by himself every day. You know, so he's, he's just a happier guy. Oh, so he, he was also of one of those that was kind of attached to his friends too, huh? Oh man, it's every bad behavior you can think of. Just put it all in Animal. one tiny little package. <laughs> I think he's adorable. I know, right? It's like puppies. They're nightmares, but they're so cute. And that's why people deal with them. This pony, he's a nightmare, but he's adorable. I don't know anything about that. Um, so, (laughs) so let's get back to the body language thing. Was there, is there one thing, if you were going to give a tip, was there one thing that you were doing body language wise that you didn't even realize was either emoting aggressiveness? Do you know what I'm trying to ask? Yes. So this is something that I didn't know why, but when you go to my students, so go to take the horses out of the cross ties, you know, they, they go to lead them forward and they, they grab the reins, turn and look at the horse and pull the reins. 
And the horses never move. And I've told them before, I've told everybody, I'm like, for some reason, that doesn't work. If you look at the horse, for some reason, it, it won't walk forward. Well, not for some reason, you moron. It's because you're telling him to go away and come at the same time. So when you go to walk your horse, turn around and walk, you know, as opposed to looking at him and pull. And that's what a lot of people do when they're trailer loading. You know, they turn around, look at them and pull. Here. Get in here. Go away. There she is. Okay. Yeah, we just you were breaking up a little bit there. You know, I do that. Wow. Now that you're saying that, now I'm going to be more aware of that because I do that with Scooter. Yeah, you, when you go to pull them forward and you're looking at them, you're telling them go away in horse language. Because horses, you know, they square up to one another and one looks at the other one, the other one puts his head down, trots away. That's horse language. So if you want a horse to follow you, look down at the ground or go passive. If you want them to back up on the lead line, look behind them and like look over their back and back them up that way. It's just so where your eyes are matters so much. It's so interesting. I never even thought about that. Well, there's your tip then. There's the tip. How'd I do? <laughs> you did good. Jennifer will use that one in uh, Horse Tip Daily. Well, Jennifer's going to be. Go. All right, go ahead and see if we can get Lauren on the line. I think I'm she's still in that. Rio. Um, so we'll try and get her on the line while Jamie and I finish. Uh, so, is there anything else, any other light bulb moments that really jumped out at you? I just, I think that I thought I'd been doing join up before. You know, like, oh, this is, I mean, last week, every day was a light bulb moment, but this week doing the join up clinic and then next couple of days are going to be long lining. I, I think I thought I was doing join up and it didn't always work, but like, Hey, he's following me. Yeah. No, I think we no. all think that we're doing join up anytime we stand there and the horse comes to us. Yeah. Um, probably right? they're looking for food. Right. No. <laughs> just, just the nuances of, of, you know, when you send that horse in, you go to like, if the round pin is a clock and the gate is six o'clock, you take that horse to 12, you know, and, and that's where you want to turn them. And that's where you want to make kind of all your moves. So they're not just going to get stuck at the gate. And I think so many times we end up turning them at the gate because they want to stop there either way. So anyway, so um, it's just all the details you can read about them or go online. You don't have to come spend four days doing join up, but it's super, super interesting. And it's amazing how it works when you do it right. It's awesome. And Thor, I took Thor in and did join up with him and he was textbook perfect. It was just awesome. Have you been able to ride both of them every day still? I posted a picture on Thor and Zeus's page. Maybe I'll share that over on Horses in the Morning. Of the morning ride that I had with Thor yesterday, I walk in. This arena that they have is like 400 by 300. It's insane. And I... um. It was just groomed. Like it was groomed for me. It looks like a giant Zen garden is what somebody said. And it, it's just this huge, monstrous, beautiful arena. And it is so fun to ride in a nice big arena that is uh, the perfect footing. And you don't have to worry about making a tight turn. I mean, these people do also spins and everything. This is like the best footing ever. I don't even know what the footing is, but it's really awesome. And now, does that mean you're going to want to put a track in at your new farm in Oklahoma? 
Of course I want a track. <laughs> Duh. You'd have to, the, the size of that property, you'd have to go all the way around the outside of the farm would be a track. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting is the track here, there's always deer in the middle of it. And so it's like, don't, no sudden movements. Like, don't, please don't come galloping out in front of me, deer. Please. I, so I, I rode Thor and ponied Zeus around the track yesterday. And, it, you know, this place is like heaven on earth for riding your horses. I'll actually come back with my horses fitter than I, I like. I'm excited to see what all my boarders say when they see these horses. They're going to be like, oh my God, they look so different because. Zeus has a butt now and Thor has less fat. So I think it's going to work out. Very cool. Well, uh, while we're while we're waiting for our guest, uh, there uh, there's a company called Equa Ratings that does a that that, that kind of figures out stats uh, during Olympics, like and how big, big women's breasts are. No, when that was, that wasn't one of them. Although oh. I did get a message from Dirty Old Ken who said I enjoyed that conversation, so <laughs> I got that message too. Um, but apparently, so they do some they did some on the eventing, some stats here, and. Uh, what they came up with was, and I think that Victoria mentioned this too, is that um, the winning margin, so that that's the margin that the winner from the first to second place. And to give you an example, in Athens, the winning margin was less than a point. And Michael Young wins the individual by 7.1 points. Over the that's what a rail almost two almost rails two, yeah. yeah so that he won that um, and so it's just the I get think the biggest uh, margin was Matt Ryan who won by eleven point three in Barcelona in nineteen ninety two so that was something that only one rider has finished on their dressage score in the modern Olympics and now he's done it twice Michael Young is the only one in modern Olympics that has finished on their dressage score once or twice. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. He becomes the third rider in history to win back-to-back individual golds. And who else did it? Ironically, Mark Todd. Uh, in 84 and 88, and then all the way back to a name I cannot pronounce in 1928 and 1932. Uh, we had uh, cross-country uh, was clear. We had cross-country had a 40%, uh, uh, well, let me put it this way. It was the toughest cross-country in the modern era with only 40% actually going uh, going clean. So it was uh, it was a tough cross-country course. And there's somebody that was there. Do you want to introduce her? Yes, uh, this is so exciting. We have uh, achieved celebrity status here by getting a celebrity on the show because she has gone viral. And her name is Lauren Locklear, and she is live at the Olympic Games. You've gone viral, girl. <laughs> I, I guess maybe I have. <laughs> so talk to you. So you're you're in Rio. You're at the Olympics. Uh, let's just start yeah. with that. What made you decide to want to go to the Olympics in Rio? Um, so I've I've personally wanted to go um, since I was a little girl. You know, I, I grew up riding. I've been riding since I probably before I could walk was the first time I was on a horse. Um, and so I've, I've always wanted to go and also have always wanted to go to Rio. Um, my fiance, when we met, he 
already, we've been together for four years and he said, you know, rugby is going to come back to the Olympics in 2016 and I'm going and you should come with me. And I said, that sounds great. I've always wanted to go. Um, so, so he was kind of the, the genesis of the idea and wanting to, to come back and see rugby for the first time. And I think close to a hundred years. And so here we are. <laughs> Okay. That's awesome. So he goes, you go, is he off at rugby while you are at the equestrian? Or are you guys kind of visiting all the sports together? No, no. So we've been doing it together, which has been great. Um, this is his first uh, eventing competition he's been to. Oh, wow. um, so it's, it's been kind of eye-opening for him. And then, and then my first rugby competition um, that I've been to. So being at the Olympics has been kind of kind of surreal, seeing all of the all of the athletes at the highest level. It's been great. Can I just I've, throw in here that rugby, I've been watching it. That is one hellacious, hard, nasty sport. Oh, my gosh. Dude, it is I, crazy. We we started watching the women's the other day, ugh. and we saw the men's for the first time yesterday, and it's crazy. <laughs> They're beating the crap went, out of each other. The, <laughs> yeah, I went to the one in Vegas, the Rugby Sevens tournament in Vegas, because my husband was going. I was, I loved it. I was like, this is a this is a great. cool sport. It's really fun to watch. So yeah, it it really is. <laughs> which, which other ones have you guys seen besides rugby and eventing? Um, so just that so far, we have tickets for dressage tomorrow and the next day, and then also the freestyle, which I'm very excited for. Um, and then we have tickets to, I think, field hockey tomorrow and then weightlifting um, another day. I don't even remember. I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> That's so cool. What, a, what an amazing thing. So let's talk a little bit about why you're going viral. And you were... <laughs> In the eventing portion, the cross-country day, and you're watching, and talk to us about what happened. So so we were on course, and we had been on course for a few hours at that point, um, and we were actually talking to one of the Chronicle of the Horse photographers, Lindsay, um, and we were just, you know, hanging out, and we were by Fence 15, and we were, you know, watching the horses jump around, and, and I was taking a bunch of pictures. I, I've done a lot of horse show photography, so I was taking pictures. She was taking pictures, and I look, and I see, you know, maybe two or 300 yards kind of through the trees, and I see this horse cantering by, and it's the next horse that's going to come to us, so it's approaching, you know, what I thought was going to be approaching the fence before the one we were at, and I look up, and I think, I don't think I see a rider on that horse, you know, and I'm like, okay, this happens all the time, you know, no big deal. You know, I spent a lot of time at horse shows. Um, and so sure enough, you know, I, I look again and, and he does not have a rider on him and he, I see him kind of jump over the ropes and spending a lot of time at horse shows and events. I think, Oh, someone's going to catch him. Right. You know, we've, we've all been there. It's like, Oh, you know, a bunch of people are going to corral him and everything will be fine. And so I see him turn and I see him start kind of cantering down towards our direction and I think, all right, well, I'm going to go over and, and help people catch him, you know? <laughs> and so I, I hand my fiance my camera and I'm like, hold this. <laughs> and I, I run over and there's no one else around, you know? And, and I didn't even realize until really I started thinking back in my mind that no one else there, you know, I, probably a lot of the, a lot of the locals there, a lot of the Brazilian residents don't, you know, haven't been to a horse show and they haven't seen this before. And so I run over and he's running down this, this road, um, kind of in the woods. And, you know, you know, you do what you do. You put your arms up and you say ho. And luckily, instead of blazing right past me, <laughs> he, he kind of slowed down to a trot and stopped and let me walk up to him. And he was he was a, a very nice gentleman. <laughs> He's probably like, thank God somebody's trying to stop me. I, I don't know. know where to go next. <laughs> he, he did. He had his head straight up in the air and he was looking for someone, his, probably his mom. He was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am. <laughs> 
So you were so, but he was, he was very good. So you're at fence 15. What fence did the rider fall off at? Do you know? No, I, I still actually don't know. I've, I've been trying to look. I think it was probably 13 because she came off before 14. Um, so I'm assuming it was 13, um, you know, that, that someone would have caught him by then, but maybe not. Maybe he was just running around for a while. I have no idea. <laughs> Bless his little heart. So the cool thing is the photograph is of the horse and it looks like the woods. You can kind of see it's on a road, but you in the woods with the ropes in the foreground and you in the background with your arms out with the ginormous smile on your face, trying to catch this horse who is <laughs> out of breath and looks freaked out, but he a very alert and he's looking at you and you're looking at him and you're wearing that American flag shirt, which we love. Um, so this just had to be such a cool experience to, and then somebody, I guess a Chronicle of the horse photographer snapped this or um, actually, Actually, no. So the, the guy that got it, his name is Justin, and I'm, I'm the worst. I didn't grab his wife's name. We had met them at a jump earlier in the day. And, um, you know, so, so I ran over and I caught him and, and, you know, the officials came over and I handed him over and I turned around and they were there and he is actually a photographer as well. So he had grabbed those photos for me. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know if Lindsay got any or not, but my fiance and I, I tweeted that day, um, a fiance actually took, I came back and I said, please tell me you got some pictures. He's like, I got a video. And I was like, Oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. Well, the, this photo that we have is it went viral. So, uh, Congratulations on getting it done, not Thank getting you. it over, uh, not and being right. there. What an amazing experience to be at the Olympics with your fiance. When's the wedding? Um, we're thinking spring of 2018. So we've we've got some time. <laughs> yeah, geez, you're gonna be engaged for a long time. A long time. And you know what? This yeah. is the test, Lauren. If he can sit through dressage the next couple yeah. of days without pulling his <laughs> or your hair out, then he's a keeper. Because he, you know, he sat through he sat through two days of eventing dressage. And he was even bored at the end of the day. So I said you could do that come to any horse show and not be bored. <laughs> Before we yeah. lose you, I, I do have a question. What's it been like? I, you know, everybody was talking about the nightmare reel is going to be and you're going to get mugged and you're going to get, you know, all of this other stuff. How's it been for you? <laughs> so, so honestly, we, I'll be honest, we have a very, very nice hotel in, um, it's actually like a, a house really that just has a few rooms in a gated community. Um, the area around where our house is, is fine. Um, we've been out to dinner numerous times and felt very safe. Um, the equestrian venue itself is on a military base. Um, and I, I have never felt safer in my life. I mean, we, so you get dropped off very far from the equestrian venue and have to walk and you don't go any period of time without seeing numerous military personnel with very large guns. Um, there are tanks at the entrance, um, it's it's really very safe in that area. Um, you know, I have heard from a few of, I talked to a few of the photographers on course at cross country and they said kind of their, their facilities aren't really the best, which is kind of a shame. Um, but, but where we've been, um, you know, they're, they're at the venue. It's been very, very safe. And so I'm hoping that that trend continues. <laughs> Let me give you a clue about equestrian uh, journalists and photographers. Every, Mm-hmm. press tent that I've ever been in for any event, they all bitch about it. So it's, uh, that's normal. <laughs> so that's, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely could be worse. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're having such a great time. 
Yeah, it's it's great. We're we're going to be here for I think a few more weeks. Um, you know, so so we plan to take in all of Brazil, and we're really excited about it. Very cool. A few more weeks. Wow, what a trip! This <laughs> is like your pre honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. honeymoon. Yeah, I think so. That's what it feels like. <laughs> well, great. Have a great time, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. And we hope nothing as exciting happens for the rest of the time, but that I'm glad you got videos and pictures <laughs> of this. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All if right. anything exciting happens at dressage like that, we know we're in trouble. Like, That's right. <laughs> horses, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> horses get loose in dressage where we're a mess. It's a yeah, mess. something's going horribly <laughs> wrong. <Seriously. laughs> All, right, All right. Well, we'll have some of that good Brazilian food for us. We will. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs> well, that's, she sounded like she's. How many weeks were they going to be there? That's crazy. She said a few more weeks. I was like, wait, no, no, no. What? Like a few more weeks. What a trip. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so there'll be some beach time and, uh, you know, Copacabana Beach. Here they come. They, they don't need to get married. They're having a great time now. I know. Yeah, just I know. skip that whole marriage thing. All I right, didn't what, want to mention the movie, the seven-year engagement, and how that worked out. So, <laughs> so Jennifer, we're going to uh, Jennifer's going to be getting on a line. Our next guest, Shannon Peters, is going to be joining us. We're so excited to have uh, Stefan Peters' wife with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about how things are settling in. He goes. I was trying to look at the schedule here, and and for some reason, the NBC Olympics morning feed when I just checked a little bit ago, maybe somebody can let me know if it's working, was broken. So you couldn't watch dressage it, it on was, there. It's been broken all morning. I haven't been able to get to it either. I didn't either. But Shannon's ready. You can give her a call. Um, so I, well, apparently nobody's watching, <laughs> watching dressage, at least on the NBC uh, feed on, I don't know if the apps are working or if it's just the computer websites down. I don't know. But it looks like uh, Stefan goes later, either today or tomorrow. I saw the lineup, but I, it didn't have the times attached to it. So I couldn't find anywhere that had the times attached to it, actually. So he does go later in the day because I was thinking she's not going to want to be with us if her, her husband is going this morning because um, she's going to yeah. be watching, too. But what, uh, what a just. Oh, can you imagine watching your husband or your wife in the Olympics? I mean, did you see the video that went viral of one of the gymnastics? Uh, oh, the mom and dad, the mom and dad <laughs> and the they were cringing no, no. and she was laying down in the stands. <laughs> it was very dramatic. So I can't even Would it be harder being it, the one actually doing the competing or being the parents? I think it's parents. I think it's parents. The kids have been training you. You just, you know, you don't want your kids to, to, to be, uh, uh you know, that girl. <laughs> That girl, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> well, the American, uh, uh, the American gymnasts were certainly not that girl. They oh. couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, they really did nail it. It was, awesome. it was terrific. I love the fact that, first of all, they're all in their tiny little leotards. And you can see their abs through the leotard. Like, it's bumps. <laughs> My bumps are different bumps than they have. <laughs> and they all make you look tall, by the way. Uh, especially the Chinese gymnasts. They're literally four foot, what, seven? It's just 
tiny little girls. And then when they do bad, you, I don't care what country they're from, when they fall off, you just, oh, I just want to cry for them. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's bring on somebody that I hope we're not doing any crying for, and that is uh, Shannon Peters. Hello, Shannon. Good morning. Thanks for joining us again. Good morning. We appreciate you stopping by. How are how are things with the United States dressage team? Well, everything kicks off today, so hopefully we'll have a good first day, and then uh, Laura and Stefan go tomorrow. So it should be an exciting couple of days. And you're not there. You chose not to go this time? I am not. I'm home holding down the fort. Ah, gotcha. There's a few horses left at home that have to be taken care of. Yeah, about about 60. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, Jamie is actually right down the street from you right now. Well, I don't know if you're you're in Temecula, right? No, we're, we're in San Diego. Oh, San Diego, even further, Glenn. I'm up at Flag is Up Farm, Monty Roberts' place, and I know he's done some videos oh. with Stefan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're quite a bit away from us, actually. But yes, he absolutely has. He's been to our farm before. Very yes. cool. Uh, yeah, and it's beautiful. So uh, that's wonderful. Well, I, what must... Now, maybe this is old hat to you, but what is it like watching your husband in the Olympic Games representing his country? I don't think it can ever be old hat, to be honest. It is just as exciting every time. And he is such a competitor. Um, you know, he loves it so much. He loves his horse so much. So every time and in every course, he's been a new experience. And it's, you know, doing his reports. And, uh, you know, his focus to me as a fighter and life. You know, it is his second to none. He is cool as a cucumber and, and really thrives um, on the competition and thrives on uh, trying to be better himself every time. Well, and he's, this is his fourth Olympic Games, but it is his first with Legolas, correct? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. And how's Legolas settled in down there? He's done very well. The the stabling and the accommodation to the horses is, um, from what Stefan says, really um, probably the best they've ever been to. Um, the stalls are very large, and they've got nice seats for the horses uh, over the stalls, so not ever in direct sunlight. And the weather's been very nice. And it, uh, I think all the horses, from what Stefan says, have done very, very well. I think better than expected. So does Stefan enjoy the, I mean, I know a lot of people take lessons with him and ride with him. What does he enjoy more? Does he enjoy riding, coaching, training, competing? Probably competing, huh? Gosh, uh, that would be hard to say, to be honest. I um, I think that he's gotten older. Um, he certainly enjoys uh, coaching professionals and coaching people that are, you know, heading towards top, top sports. Um, I think he enjoys that probably more than ever at this point. Really? And, and trying to help the younger generation get up to that level. Um, I think he really enjoys that now. Um, but he, I think his first thought is always training and competing. And I, I think for someone as competitive as he is, um, that's probably going to be their answer every time. <laughs> right. You know, I think I think until until he quits competing, I think that'll be it. 
Do you enjoy him out competing or at home more? <laughs> oh, I'd have to say at this point in our lives, probably at home more, but that, you know, I think he's got at least one more Olympics in a minute. And I, you know, for us, our life is about that year after year and, and what leads up to those Olympics you know, the world games, the Pan Am games, world cup. And, you know, every year it's something. So you're, you're always leading up to kind of the culmination of the Olympics every four years. Um, so that's, you know, that's what our lives are about. And we certainly have enjoyed and learned over the years to spend a bit more time doing other things, which mm-hmm. I think every writer uh, in their career learns at some point in their, in their lives. And, you know, he has uh, picked up in 2008. He's back to flying gliders again, uh, RC gliders. <gasps> and, really? Um, he Something. Did that. Yeah, he's back with his dad um, when he was young. And when his dad passed in 96, uh, he put it down for quite a few years. And he just started again before uh, Beijing. And he it, it's a huge passion of his. And he's got a shop and he builds his own planes and he does all the electronics and Oh, that's so cool. We, you know, we enjoy, yeah, we enjoy doing a lot of different things. And we um, uh, have just, in the last couple of years, started doing more camping and doing you know, weekends a year that we go. And we'll go and when he gets home from the Olympics again. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we certainly, that was a long answer. I'm sorry. We certainly enjoy <laughs> our time at home. Absolutely. But, no, um, I, our my, about him competitively. My jaw is on the floor. Like when you think of, and no offense, but when you think of a dressage rider versus an eventer, you think of a, the eventer is the daring one. Gliding is unbelievably daring and dangerous. I, I'm shocked. Uh, so he doesn't do in, in gliding. He, they're big, uh, uh, Flies, he flies support that he's not in. Yeah, he's yeah, he does the RC version, right? Oh my god! I yeah, like, don't uh, we can't have an Olympian <laughs> in a glider? That's ridiculous. She, oh, Jamie god. had him going into the ocean and never coming back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scared yeah. to death. No, that's a dangerous thing. He doesn't need to do that, <laughs> right? I was like, "There's a he shouldn't be doing yes. that. You have to stop that immediately." <laughs> okay, I feel well, better. Thank you. Federation would be happy with that. <laughs> no, I didn't think so at all. So tell us, uh, you guys have a relationship with Equiderma. And just so everybody knows, uh, on August 1st, all Equiderma products became 20% off. And every time you order, you are entered to win a $4,000 tack trunk. Um, but you guys have a special Fabulous. relationship with Equiderma. We do. We've been using their products almost a year, and uh, I'm always looking and striving for the most natural product for our horses, um, but that also really works. And I think that's a hard balance for a lot of companies to try to find, is, is to find the most natural products that really do the job. And I, I feel like in the time we've used these products, they really do do the job. And we use just about every product line. And, you know, thankfully out here, we don't have a whole lot with scratches and things like they do, but we still do occasionally. And, you know, I infections or sunburn, things like that. Um, and it, the products always work. And they always bring the skin and the hair back just to perfect condition, and, and we really love them. So Wonderful. You- well, 
I, I, we're starting to lose you. Yeah. And I, I know that Glenn introduced you as Shannon Peters, wife of Stefan, but I would like to say that you are Shannon Peters. Oh, and that guy, Stefan Peters is your husband. So there you go. <laughs> <It's> funny. <laughs> That's great. Girl power. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'll continue to talk about Equiderma. I know you're driving right now and it's uh, against the law to be, uh, not be hands-free in California. I'm learning. So Uh, I am (laughs) hands-free. I I know. I'm (laughs) hands-free. I'm sure you are. So, well, listen, thank you so much for joining us, Shannon. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you guys again after the Olympics and uh, Stefan brings home the first gold in, oh gosh. Well, <laughs> actually, no American, well, Ever. only, yeah, there hasn't been yeah. an American won a medal in dressage since 1932. Well, it's yep, about time that's a that long time. time. Yes, a very long All right. time. Making right. history. Thank you heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, Shannon. We'll talk to you soon. And you guys, the Equiderma okay. Tack Trunk, just so y'all know, $4,000 Dream Tack Trunk. It includes royal spa treatment of all Equiderma products, a set of seven luxurious grooming brushes. And who can't use more grooming brushes? Embroidered quilted saddle pad, artisan hoof pick. And uh, antique heart-shaped lock with skeleton key. And this unbelievable handmade uh, tack trunk that was made by Brian Capone. It's got over 100 hours of craft craftsmanship. It's one of the ones you're going to want to put in your house and not in the Yeah, farm. exactly. Because <laughs> you don't want it to get dusty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All orders placed in the month of August are automatically entered. It's Equiderma, E-Q-U-I-D-E-R-M-A dot com. And you know, it kind of means something. And, and people that have read up on the on the Peters will know that um, one of the things, they are very, they love their horses. And uh, you know, she said they had 60. I didn't know they had that many. Uh, but they love their horses and they spend a lot of time she, you know, I wish her connection was better because I wanted to ask her about this. Yeah. They actually use filtered water for their horses and organic hay and food. They do not. They spend time worrying about what they put into their horses as far as drink and feed, and they really care about that stuff going all organic and natural. And and uh, you know, so the, so the fact that they're recommending these products means that they have checked them out because they yeah. don't do anything with their horses that they haven't checked out. Yeah, that's that's incredible. They're a cool couple, actually. And, you know, he is so... We've talked about others here recently, trainers that have had issues and that we don't like the what they do with their horses. This guy, these two, this couple is are the exact opposite of that. They really, truly care about their horses. They really do. Yeah. Well, you know, as evidenced by, you know... Being a firm believer in being gentle and having a gentle nature, you know, Monty Roberts would not do a, a video with Stefan Stefan for, you know, if he wasn't that that kind of guy. Right. He, like I figured, like if if Monty has vetted them, they're probably pretty good. So, uh, it's he does a a great video with him, and you just realize what a great, nice, gentle, intelligent person Stefan Peters is. He builds RC so model planes. <laughs> 
God, that scared me. I thought she was. Yeah, I knew. I, I knew you didn't hear the RC part, the remote control, uh, and I was thinking that too. I was thinking, well, he jumps out of planes in a glider, and that's something your husband would probably say is too dangerous. Oh <laughs> man, we have one fighter pilot friend who does it and does competitions, and it's 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 insane. It's insane. Thank God he doesn't do it. I'll sleep better tonight. <laughs> Well, and can I just add, and I know I say this a lot over the last five years, but we have a really cool job. <laughs> we really do. I yeah. mean, when you get to talk to the neat people, look at all the different people, the different types of people and different topics we covered today. We have a really cool job. Yes, yeah. we do. Yep. Well, thank you, Jamie. I'm going to let you get more coffee, get ready for your day of training horses and having a little fun over there in California. We want to remind everybody, Mary Kitzmiller's tomorrow, if you have any questions for her. Send them to just send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com and we'll make sure she gets them or post them if you're an auditor, post them in the auditor page. And then Friday, we have Jamie's special episode that she put together. You want to just mention what that is quick? Yeah, we did an Ask Monty segment and we took your questions and I I posed them for Monty and I sat in his office and uh, or Pat's office and asked him these questions. And actually, one question he was like, Wow. I have never heard that one before. Never. So That's our auditors. That's uh, our auditors. So we're <laughs> going to hear one that he has never heard. It must be so frustrating to like sit and answer the same questions over and over again. For the He's last like, 80 years. <laughs> yeah, for 80 years. Just uh, answering question after question about horses. But he does it, and he does it with a smile on his face, and he's interested. I might have cried. And um, we shocked the world by, we shocked Monty by asking him something he's never heard. <laughs> That's coming up on Friday. Now, Friday will not be live. Uh, that will just be, we'll put that out on the recorded feed first thing in the morning. So you'll get that special episode on the recorded feed. Saturday recorded will be the Aussie episode. And then Monday, we come back to you live from Ada, from the American Equestrian Trade Association show over there. And we'll have a bunch of new products for you and a whole bunch of fun. We're looking forward to heading to Philadelphia. We look forward to it in the summer. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's that wintertime thing. Did I tell you that we're actually going to Wisa too, um, in when we do our trip in September to Colorado? The first yeah. day of the trip, we're going to the Western uh what is it? Western equestrian? Just Island. because you didn't get enough of it. Yeah, tag, this is the Western version, more. which apparently makes uh, Ada look tiny. So we're doing a scouting trip over there, and they were excited to have us come it's over. It's like a small city. Yeah. yeah. So we're wait, Jennifer's been there once. Um, yes, and, I was there before. It's yeah. pretty impressive. We'll start our trips looking at all the Western stuff and smelling uh, leather and things, and then we'll head lots off. Of cowboy but, boots. Yeah. Lots and lots, lots of cowboy boots. Maybe I'll get a, my and first pair of stuff. cowboy boots at, at it. We uh, said <laughs> <laughs> not. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jamie. All right, spay, neuter, geld. Everybody have a good one. U.S.A. U.S.A. Do they chant that in dressage? U.S.A. I don't know. I don't know if they're allowed to chant anything in dressage. Golf clap. Golf U-S-A. clap. U.S.A.